Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's always the right time to dress to impress. This season, step out in style with Indochino. They make high-quality custom-fitted suits, shirts, and casual wear, all at a surprisingly affordable price. Each Indochino piece is made to your unique measurements and specifications. Suits start from just $4.29. Dress to impress this season with Indochino. Get $50 off any purchase of $3.99 or more by using promo code IMPRESS at Indochino.com. That's Indochino.com, promo code IMPRESS. Instant reaction for the final game of this Premier League season. And Manchester City absolutely walloped Everton today. 5-0 at the Etihad. Everton once again, the butt of the joke. Everton, Everton once again. The accommodating guests for Sergio Aguero, um, who scored twice on his final game for City. Um, Everton finished the Premier League season in 10th after being second on Boxing Day. Um, it's been a bit of a disaster, the second half of this campaign. Joining me to have a chat about it, uh, Lyndon Lloyd and Rob Vera. Um, Lyndon, I'll come to you first, mate. Um, first of all, on before we get into the, the overall stuff of the season, on that performance today, um, after a little flurry at the start, Everton were just completely outclassed, weren't they, from, from pretty much minute 10 to minute 90? Yeah, it was pretty embarrassing, really. It was echoes of 98 at Arsenal and... Leicester in 2016, if you've got a championship party to have, then Everton are the guests to invite because we just, you know, we just laid down the, the welcome mat for them. I mean, it was, yeah, as you said, we, we had a bright start and at times we played some decent stuff, but you can't defend like that against anyone, let alone, you know, the champions. I mean, the amount of space that we gave them in, for, for those first few goals, um, it's just amazing. And you think of the number of torturous away performances we've had to endure where we've been ugly to watch, um, but it's there's been a plan, we've been compact, we've been hard to beat. Um, and then to just go, you know, and do that. When, we, when we, we needed a result and it just didn't look like there was even a plan to, to do it, to get it against, you know, a team that's just far, just streets ahead of us. Um, in all departments, um, 
I mean, what what else do you say really after that? Uh, Rob, what about you, mate? How did you feel watching that today? Um, well, I switched off after Gilfie missed the penalty uh, and decided that what would be fun would be to, quote, watch the game via my Twitter feed. So TweetDeck became my television at that point, and it was – it delivered. It had everything. Um, it, I was – I feel like Everton has had – it's weird because you can say today was shocking. You can say – the last few days have been super weird with all the stuff around Hamas Rodriguez and just the, just once again, I don't know why we ask Carlo questions about injuries when he's just going to tell us like Coleman's out, but then he's on the bench today. No mention of Mina having an issue. And then he's not in the squad today. Is he in Colombia? Did he take the photo of Hamas? Like, we're, like I don't, <laughs> those things already were kind of deflating to me before we even kicked the ball today. And then you start to think about, and I think, Matt, I saw your tweet that said Everton were second on Boxing Day. Like, it, it almost, I, I mean, that's the weirdest part is that it really almost takes a gargantuan effort to drop eight spots uh, from, from, you know, January to the end of the season. I mean, it is, what a just fall off a cliff this thing has done and I was one of those people that was lamenting especially when we started to lose those dumb home games I remember after Fulham I just I started saying you know this is a chance this season to actually finish top four because the league's not that great and I got I was pretty upset about us continuing to just kind of throw away these opportunities against the, the worst of the worst at home and that's really the story of the season obviously um, the, the Sheffield thing by then it was almost too late, but, but by losing that game, we put ourselves in a position to have to come to city and get a performance. And I was probably one of those who thought, well, what do they have to play for and blah, blah, blah. And what, of course I did not take into account was the final game of Sergio Aguero, the first time they're going to have fans back celebrating their time. I mean, it, it felt like, uh, as Lennon said, Leicester 2016 all over again in some ways. And it, it's, it's just an absolute calamity in that regard. But th the bottom line is this, um, we'll talk about this more. I know Matt, you're gonna be on Kickabout next week, but um, this, this season was a failure um, because everyone, including the manager, uh, the players, everyone said Europe was the minimum goal this season. And we fell short of that. And it doesn't mean that everything was a waste. There were some nice games and nice moments and certainly some players improved, but you just see how far we have to go and it, it 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 feels very much again of more of the same and I feel like we have these same end of end of season conversations almost every season and and really the the final thing I'll say on this and it really pertains to today is Carlo Ancelotti did not have this team prepared to play Carlo Ancelotti is historically a great manager who has underperformed this season and the question becomes, can he at his age, given his experience, given the way he's sort of set in his ways or his approach, can he take this group, even with improvements, and really get them to where they need to be? And I think that's the, the big question. I am all for Carlos staying. I'm not calling for his head or anything like that, but I'm just saying that, that he is going to need to be better next season for Everton to be better. Uh, the players certainly share a lot of responsibility as well, but today was just uh, an absolute, you know, brutal reminder of of how far we still have to go yeah i think it's you know just sort of staying on, on the game today for a little bit 
Uh, first of all, the, the penalty in the first half and all that was around that was just a bit bizarre, wasn't it, Lyndon? You know, I thought that Diaz was never really going to get anywhere near the ball uh, by making that tackle, even though, it, you know, he made it look like he was attempting it. So for, for me, that probably should have been a red card. And then the whole thing around the players being encroaching into the area, uh, Walker's foot was off the ground, apparently, even though he blocked for Charles not quite clearly when he was going in. Fernandinho mm. is almost directly behind Gilfie Sigurdsson. And listen, I know, it, I know it wouldn't have mattered at all in the end anyway. Um, but that was just a little bit of a weird situation there, wasn't it? Where it felt like a couple of things went against us. Yeah, I don't... I mean, with things like handball and, and this, I don't understand the rules anymore. I don't understand why there isn't consistency. Um, I mean, we have the rules changing mid-season. You know, what, what got us a penalty, it was at Crystal Palace early in the season, wouldn't be a penalty now because these things are so fluid. And as someone on Twitter mentioned, they just seem to be making it up as they go along. Um, and, you know, and this is a, an instance where, you know, you've got the champions, the biggest, the biggest teams, they don't get often the, the decisions go for them, you know, and this was seemed to be another one of those where he's never going to send off a Manchester City player in that situation well not, not never but it's just it wasn't surprising um like you say it probably wouldn't have made a difference um i saw another tweet where someone said here's why it's not encroachment because they have to actively inter interfere with the ball but as you say if they're blocking off players then they're actively interfering with play and it's the same rule with you know the offside rule um so it's just yeah the whole the whole var thing and the 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 handball rule as i say and this it just seems that there doesn't seem to be any consistency and you never know what to expect from game to game or a month to month in the premier league right now so yeah. um but yeah the, i mean the less said about the whole penalty thing the better i mean sigerson steps up i felt every time he stepped up for a penalty this season with that short run up you're just asking for trouble and he was going to miss one eventually and of course it was today but like you say wouldn't really have made much of a difference 2-1, maybe we get back into it, but they were, just, they were just so much better and they had so much more um, conviction about them than I think even we were expecting. But that's what you get from from Pep. I mean, that you that is Pep's exacting, you know, never say die. I mean, his, his team was 3-0 up and he's barking instructions at his substitution like, um, you know, like it was um, like a, a final or like a must-win game for them. Um, and, and that's really the difference. I mean, it's a very, it's a stark difference, obviously, between Ancelotti and Guardiola. They could not be more different in their approaches. And, and so we have to, you know, acknowledge that we don't have a manager who's going to have every single facet of the game boxed off and, 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 and a plan for everything. He has a different way of doing things. And we have to now trust in the process going forward that he's going to be able to to get the players that he needs to play that he wants to, to play the way that he wants to play. But um, I mean, on, on the evidence of this, it was just another capitulation, um, another another situation where you've got people, players getting caught on the ball in dangerous positions, uh, defenders way out of position, big gaps opening up and um, yeah, I mean, that's, 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 so that's fifth so goal some, sort of summed it up, didn't it? You know, Aguero is literally stood in the middle of the goal with five-yard space in front of him, five-yard space behind him, and and Keane and and um, and Godfrey just sort of stand on on watching him. But I think it, it, what else this this game sort of did, Robin? You know, listen, it, it's Manchester City, and they can make anyone look foolish on the day. Granted, yeah. but it sort of reinforced the the notion that there are key players in our squad who we rely on for 
certain things like creating in Hamas Rodriguez and like being able to to defend properly in Yerry Mina, who are, are good players in their own right. But yeah. unfortunately, we if you're looking to build a, a squad going forward and you're looking at the things Everton can build on, you're looking at both of them and saying, well, unfortunately, neither of them are are totally reliable in, in, in terms of the fitness. And, and that's not really a, a good place to be starting from, is it? If you wanted to, to build foundations for, a, for an effective team. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's a bit nuanced of a discussion in a season like this with a congested fixture list and, 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 and certain factors in play. Now with Hamas, we sort of expected this kind of management to a degree, but obviously it got really ridiculous as the season went on where it felt like, and and again, I, I think we've talked about this a, a lot today uh, online, but the, there's no clarity from the club it, from day to day about what the actual situation is with players. And therefore, sometimes we formulate our reactions based on what we're kind of filling in as the actual information here. I, I don't know. I, I think it's frustrating with with Hamas that we needed him so much. But if we're in a position to need a player that um, has come into this season having fitness issues then then I think that that's a little on us uh on Marcel Brands on Carlo Ancelotti um you know Yeri Mina look I, I've, I've said it consistently for a while obviously I, I love him as a player I think he's great for the dressing room I think he's still here for another couple couple seasons on his contract so um and he's quality when he's in there um but the, the late season management of him has been a little curious because if you'll remember, obviously the first half of the season all the way through December, I mean, Yerry Mina didn't miss any time. And we were all kind of like, all right, we think we may have gotten to a place where he and Keen are kind of our reliable pairing in the, in the center of that four. Uh, but as soon as the, the calendar turned, you had Dean come back. Uh, you, you then had kind of the, the mix up of, well, does Godfrey play here? Do we sit Holgate on any occasion? It was weird, but with Yerry Mina, I, it's been interesting because he'll have an injury and miss a game, but then be back in a week. So he's had multiples, but hasn't missed a ton of time. But these last few weeks, it's been odd because there was no sign that he was injured in the last game that he played and he played very well. Um, I, we still have not found out today why he missed the game. I think that's the other thing. It's just, it's brutal communication from the club. And then Yeri Mina, what I don't know is, do are they, and this is a question I've, I've thought about the defense all season, is when you have a deep position like center half, you have the luxury of sitting a player if he's not 100% because, you know, I've got Godfrey, I've got Keen, I've got Holgate, you know, and vice versa. So if they felt like there's no point in even risking him if he's got even kind of a minor whatever, then then that's fine. Um, but if, if this is going to be a, a thing that's going to continue moving forward, yeah, it, it becomes a little problematic. But um, I, I, I just... I feel like if we're talking about Yeri Mina's absence in a five nil loss today, I, I, I feel I feel like you're, no, it's, this more, is it's not, more looking it's more looking forward and, the, and looking yeah, at but the, I'm just the, saying that this is not really the day to to make the argument that Yeri Mina is the problem in terms no, of he's, he's definitely not. or why we. But but no, I mean I ask what you say. It's about reliability. And it's about all those things. Um, he needs to be more available. But I also because the club doesn't clarify anything. I don't know why he's not available. And so it's a weird it's a weird situation. But no, look the 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 evidence of today. We still have a lot of you know areas and room for improvement in the broader scope of things. 
I think that the problems in midfield, uh, right back, um, right-sided attack, those things have just got, got to simply be addressed in a meaningful way, or we're going to be having the same conversation every season. Yeah, it's just as to doing some sums there as well. It's just obviously we went into negative goal difference today mm-hmm. um, this season, which again is it's just pretty terrible in itself. But we scored 13 goals, Linden, in the first five games of the season. And since then, we've scored 34 and 33. Um, so again, albeit defensively, that we had a, a big issue today, uh, obviously. But you know, while we had a few chances today, I think one of the, the main downfalls between probably that derby match, the 2-2 with Goodison, and since then has been uh, with Dominic Carver-Lewin not being able to maintain that blistering pace he set at the start of the season. Um, and Rodriguez getting more and more unreliable with his, with his fitness. Um, Everton have been terribly blunt in attack as well. I mean, 34 goals in 33 Premier League games is, is pretty abject, isn't it? It's pretty poor. It's pretty poor. And it's not the first time that a Merseyside derby in the psychology that's from the fallout of it has kind of derailed the season. Uh, and, you know, I mean, Carlo clearly, he clearly changed things after that. Once we, once we lost Richarlison for those three suspended games, he went to a completely different formation, um, found along the way that having, you know, either three at the back, five at the back and whatever kind of fluid formation you, you want to call it was more effective. And the upshot was that we, you know, we just lost our, our mojo, if you like, going forward. And the... The, the creative outlets just haven't been there when Hammers hasn't been there. I mean, Awobi's not been anywhere near good enough. Um, Gilfie Sigerson has just not been the creative force that, that I think we hoped he would be um, when he signed. Um, you know, Bernard was not even supposed to be here this season. Um, and so there's just no, there's no one you can really turn to, to, to create something and that's been compounded by the fact that we just we've had all these problems playing through teams. You know, there's no there's no movement. There's no you know, there's no one breaking the lines, overlapping, getting past the the strikers. Um, and when you look at the way Manchester City play, I mean, harking back to to, to Guardiola, it, he drills these players on day after day after day on passing and moving, passing and movement. And it's not it's not rocket science. Yes, they have the best players. But they're also coached to the to the absolute maximum, and, and again, I just don't feel like we have we have that kind of commitment um, in training on a daily basis to get these get these players to actually play the game. Um, it's just just far too much, just kicking hope and hoping to nick one off a set piece. And, and if that's the game plan to get us through the season, and it looked like it was going to work at one stage, then that's fine. It's next season now. We have to see a complete break from that. We have to get the players who can play a different way, um, because clearly it's 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 a busted flush in terms of of scoring enough goals to get enough points in in this league. I mean, as you say, thirty a goal a game is is kind of relegation level goal scoring. I mean, um, and and as you say, we were a very different team that started the season. I mean, we. You know, we all got carried away with it, spirit of the blues and all the rest of it. We were scoring goals for fun. And yeah, we were conceding goals, but it didn't matter because you could score enough goals. And we were confident we'd just go down the other end and score again. Um, and that derby fallout and that combination of Richarlison and, and James and that rethink that, that Ancelotti had, particularly, you know, away from home, I think it, it spilled over into the home form to the point where it got to the point where we couldn't, we couldn't rediscover how to actually 
break teams down and, and score. And so that's really um, that's really where it all fell apart. And we've kind of the the collapse has been has been sealed with a five 0 defeat. Hmm. Well, sorry, Rob, before you were going to make a point there. <laughs> sorry, I just I, I had to laugh almost to to just <laughs> to, to, to <laughs> bit, prevent yeah. yourself from crying. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Well, and by the way, that's the most. You know, that's the most alarming part about it, too. I mean, I, I don't know that anyone look, we, we've gone from manager to manager to manager. We had Marco Silva, who was criticized for drilling his play, you know, individual responsibilities and roles too much into his players. And then we needed someone who would take a little more hands off approach. And, you know, it, it always seems to work for just a little bit. And then it seems to fade into the same mush. It reverts to the reverts to the mean, if you will. And that's because at its core, we we do have, obviously, despite how we're feeling today, we, we definitely have some talented pieces in this squad. Um, so it's not, I don't think that it's, it's just a, a total waste of a squad, but we, we have so many players that we are still relying upon um, who don't, who aren't able to step up to the roles that we need from them. So Hamas is the easy one to bring up. He is not reliable enough in terms of his fitness. Guilty Sigurdsson is reliable in terms of his fitness, but he can't step up to the role that we need him to play in terms of, you know, actually creating chances. And I know he will have chances created off his set pieces, but non-set piece set create, you know, creation is, is what really is missing from the squad. Um, you know, we, we don't have, we had a way that we played and it only took, and we were doing like Lyndon said, scoring for fun, but it only took the, the slightest bit of, of a wind windy day <laughs> to, you know, to, to blow one piece of that, that little house of cards um, away. And the whole thing seemed to collapse. Um, that doesn't make sense, but I think, I mean, it does make sense and it doesn't, but it, it really shows you how limited we actually were and how we only have a very narrow pathway that involves 100% fitness and form and moment, you know, like everything has to be right or we don't have any other way of, of being effective. And I think what's alarming to me, and this is where I, I hope that Carlo can find a way uh, whether it's through player acquisition and or continued development of some of these young players to get better because I feel like what I, if I'm a, if I'm Mashiri or I feel like, you know, as an Everton fan, what I'm getting for my huge uh, paycheck to Carlo Ancelotti is the kind of manager who will improve us. And what's shocking is that we've taken a step back from last season really and 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 we got worse as the season went along and we went from second to tenth in the span of uh you know four to five months like i know that there are factors involved but every every side in this league this season had had injuries uh yeah. we but 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 our our drop off just to me feels almost unexplainable when you consider what we felt like we were getting with a manager of this caliber and so I just, I, I want more from him and I want more from these players, but 
uh, something ultimately has to change. I just think I'm, I'm at the point now where I don't even know what that one thing is. It feels like when we fix one thing, something else starts to happen. One player looks like, you know, how long ago was it we were talking about Mason Holgate as, as a foundational piece of Everton moving forward? Now look at him. Uh, I hope Ben Godfrey doesn't suffer the same thing. <laughs> I worry about these things. Um, and, and that's where you know, the curse, whatever you want to call it, like all these things that we talk about, it, it, it's, it's gallows humor, but it's, it's exceedingly frustrating. And I just have to hope that there is a, well, a real plan and moving forward because on the evidence of today in the last uh, four or five months, we're not ready for extra games each week. We're not ready for Europe, <laughs> clearly. Yeah. Well, if it, do you know, Rob, you, you said the curse there and I know we sort of speak about that semi seriously and I think when we were on the, the podcast after the Sheffield United game, I think Mike said something about that when I sort of suggested that this was just something that's part of, of Everton. But I think when you say that, you let these players and manager off the hook as if it's sort of something that they can't control in regards to... It's only to, one factor, but you're right. I don't want to like, let them off. You know, it's because, you know, <laughs> if, if, we, so if we keep saying, well, it's, it's, it's just Everton, there's something in the air around Everton, which is obviously not really the case it's like intangible things this but it does it it lets it lets players get off the hook with shocker yeah. performances like today and where we sit here and go oh it's you know it's that Everton for again letting Sergio Aguero waltz through our defense and score and then, and then score again you know it's, it's it's not anything to do with that it's players not doing the jobs properly and sure. not focusing and, and not being asked and and you know they're at this club for a variety of different reasons and a lot of them shouldn't be but well, I'm sorry. No, Matt, I just want to I want to agree with you wholeheartedly and say when I jokingly reference the curse, I, I don't want I, you think you're absolutely right. I want to be very clear that I am not um, absolving uh, a group of players who collectively um, played the, like the losering, losiest bunch of losers that you could imagine today. OK, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on that. It was very eloquently um, put that, Rob. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm known for, clearly. But I th- look, I. I <laughs> I don't know why the season sort of ended in this weird manner that it did. There's, I, I feel like there's just so much that's happened that happens behind the scenes that we really have no idea about. But, but the bottom line uh, ultimately is that you're right. There are our quote best players um, have not been good enough this season, avail or available enough this season, or con- you know consistent enough this season outside of maybe one or two. And and even like Calvert Lewin is my player of the season, Matt. And you know how I felt about Calvert Lewin before. But Calvert Lewin kind, you know, <laughs> I think of particular games where he just he he couldn't finish a chance, and he still has a high finish rate. And it's not all on him, but but you realize that that he went through a patch where he couldn't keep his goal scoring up. Richarlison, who really is supposed to be our very best player, had an incredibly disappointing season. And we can't, we're not good enough or deep enough as a group. Like City can lose Kevin De Bruyne. I mean, I, I'm with you, Lyndon, for all the stories about how great a manager Pep Guardiola is. I, I totally agree with you on that. But at the same time, they're the kind of side that can lose Kevin De Bruyne for most of a title season and win it. You know what I mean? Like that's the that's the difference. And, and we can't afford Richarlison to be anything but his best. We can't afford 
for we can afford for James Rodriguez to miss a certain number of games, but not this many. Uh, we can't afford for Luca Dean to be really good and then disappear in others. We can't afford for Yerry Mina to miss this many games. Like it's a lot of things. And those things just have to get better because there is no clearing out of 20 players in a summer, as we always like to say when we get onto the transfer pod. So it, you're right. The players bear a lot of responsibility on this. It is up to the person who sets the tone, uh, Carlo Ancelotti, to find a way to take this situation that he has signed up for and make it better. And that's that's all we can really hope for. Yeah, and just to, to wrap it up, Lyndon, I think, you know, all you seeing it on social media, you know, there's already chat about... And if people get very tribal about this, it's either all the players' fault or all the managers' fault when it comes to Everton and the problems. And, you know, it does feel as though this, that there are shades of grey, you know, and I'm sort of at the point where we've got to the end of the season where I sort of feel as though this is largely a poor group of players. But I'm sitting here and looking at them today, looking at them against Sheffield United, looking at them in other games we've seen in 2021 and saying that this is a poor group of players, but I don't think they're being coached particularly well either and I think you know when Rob said there you know it feels as though it's sort of like moving apart to Everton where we fix one thing and then something else comes up and we fix one thing and then something else comes up that we need to to solve I just sort of look at it and feel as though everyone's just got to do a, a bit better at the moment there's no one who can really walk away from this and sort of like say now I've, I've, I've done my job here maybe borrowing a couple you know Rob mentioned Dominic Carvalho and Jordan Pickford second half of the season certainly but it feels as though everybody else be it playing staff, be it coaching staff, has, has got to up the game. Yeah, it's it's everyone. It's as you say, it, it's grey areas, and you can't look at the way that our team plays and not have some criticism of the way that they're coached. I mean, it's just if you've got players who are, who are getting to the halfway line and have no options to pass to, um, you've got these enormous. You know, you see the graphics on, on Twitter where you have these enormous spaces. There's not an Everton player for miles. Who, who exactly is that person supposed to pass to? That ultimately comes down to the coaching and the way that they are instructed to move around the field and their positioning. Um, and, and so, yeah, and going back to um, who sets the tone, the tone ultimately comes from the manager and Ancelotti and his personality is just not one of those hard driving coaches who's going to be constantly on players' backs. Um, you know, he's, he's got a very kind of laid back manner and that if you've got the the players who will either take advantage of that or not respond correctly to that, and that's going to cause you a problem. And I think we do have too many players like Sigurdsson and Keane, who are just these sort of nice guy players who aren't just when you just need someone uglier in there sometimes to, to kind of G everyone up and not take any crap. Um, and so ultimately, I think, you know, Ancelotti says that it's not going to be revolution this summer it's because the club can't do revolution but i think it actually needs revolution in terms of the in terms of just getting a large portion of the squad out the door and and just getting better players in there it's not it's not going to happen so we need to find certain aspects certain qualities and i think pace is probably the number one we've got to be looking at Mm-hmm. Um, it's just someone, the kind of profile that he was talking about in his press conference, like a winger who's, who can score goals and, you know, do the hard graph, but also has pace. I mean, that would give us a, a tremendous outlet um, and would solve a few problems um, and, and would change the way, it, it would change the dynamic within, within games of, of how we play, because right now we just have no outlet. Um, and so it's that there may just be sort of small tweaks 
that will sort of pivot us back to the way we were playing at the beginning of the season. Um, and we need to find someone of star quality who is more reliable than James. So that James can, can actually be a bench player. You can just have him on the substitute bench, manage his minutes that way and not rely on him to do the hard work when we're pressing at the beginning of the game, but to bring him on the end when the game's more stretched. And he, he would be happier doing that. He wouldn't be able to enjoy things a bit more, I think. But um, his arrival showed just what we were missing in terms of quality. And we need to go out and find that quality now. Um, the fact that Tottenham can go to Leicester and win 4-2 is down to the fact that they have players like Harry Kane and Son and Lo Celso and Ndombele. I mean, they've got quality players who, with the right manager, um, can, can, can grind out results. And we just don't have enough of that sort of match-winning quality from week to week. When one player is not performing, another player will step up. We just have multiple players not performing, not able to to create. Um, and unfortunately, I mean, Gareth Bale was the big joke at the beginning of the season because he wasn't fit and they thought he was yeah. just a completely wasted loan signing. He scored two goals today that won in the game and our, guy, our, our marquee signing is in Colombia. So it's kind of just a whole, the whole thing, just a kick in the balls. <laughs> I just want, I want the club's recruitment to improve dramatically this summer, find some genuine quality players that, yes, we can't overhaul the squad, but you can add three or four genuinely quality players and just make us a better proposition next season. Um, you know, we might not be ripping it up for top four, but we've got to be in the mix for top six. Yeah. Um, and that's ultimately down to brands. Yeah, but I think that's the worry for me, Rob, because I think there's a lot of players in that squad who we're looking at saying we need to get rid of them ASAP who have come in under this this current regime. And it's great, you know, everyone's getting excited about spending loads of money to bring in better players to sort out all these problems. But I still worry that the ultimately, maybe the, the manager aside, but the recruitment team that have signed a lot of these players is still very much intact. And it's hard to get excited about new players coming in when they brought in a lot of these lads who were, were desperate to ship out the door. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think we're well past the point of, of anyone saying that they have identified the, the magic, you know, the magic wand treatment for, for Everton transfers. I mean, I, I think that there are some who think, well, you know, sign only young players, sign young, you know, these players, sign this mix. I, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, ultimately, it, it's got to be for me, and I think Lyndon said this really well, <laughs> Everton have an idea of how to play in theory, but the reason it never looks like there's an idea probably has to do with the fact that uh, as, as a side that doesn't have the talent and skill on the ball of some other sides, they really need to be a counterattacking side, but they don't have the, the, the speed to do it. So um, Everton have to find a way to, to get more of that into specifically the midfield and, and, uh, and the attacking positions, you know, for all the talk of relying on Hamas too, it's it's probably fair also to say that it's an undue burden on uh, both Calvert Lewin and Richarlison to expect that they're going to be the only ones who score, uh, unless it's Hamas and Hamas only plays twenty games a season. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like there's just got to be. I feel like this is going back to Kuman. I don't know how long we've been talking about. There's got to be more balanced scoring, and I and I don't know how to get that, but. What I, what I will say was, um, what I will say is that those moments, like we had one early in the match today where we'd put together eight or nine or 10 passes and we'd created this, this chance only for Gilfie to take this, what looked like a, a lovely, 
you know, golf shots uh, of a kick that just kind of landed, yeah. landed with care, like a little baby bird in Ederson's hands. And I just thought to myself, um, you know, if that's, if that's the plan and we can only replicate these little flourishes so few times in a game, you, you have to have more players who can actually finish them, finish them off. And, and I just, I don't know how you, you solve that because it's not just about getting a bunch of strikers, but I do think that in terms of, of what counterattacking does and it's best in terms of the idea is that it creates a constant pressure that is there even when you aren't counterattacking because the other side knows that they can't just press up too far. Mm -hmm. They can't do these things. I think people, you know, figured out Everton early enough to know that they never had to be scared of Everton really beating them on the break. Like, it's weird that we've gotten worse on the break somehow <laughs> this season. And then I thought we were making some progress on that, but we, we really aren't good. And, and that's not really Calvert-Lewin's strength. And so we've just got to find those particular skill sets and strengths and, and try to acquire them. Uh, I, I don't know where that comes from. I think it'll be interesting, but as we've said before, Matt, uh, you can't get rid of all these players, but what you can decide. And I think Lyndon, this isn't, you know, Lyndon's talked about this before with Sigurdsson too, but like, what you can do is say, we're not going to get rid of every player maybe, but we have to put ourselves in a position where we're not relying upon the same group of guys who can't win to be our top performers. Because Gilfie Sigurdsson is the kind of guy who's talented enough to be a good player who keeps his spot on a bottom half side that's never going to win anything. And that's really what he is. And it's probably what he's always been to a degree. Um, but yet we, we continue to talk like we made him, he was made captain today and I don't want to get into the captain conversation all over again. My God, everyone hates the captain conversation, <laughs> but, but it does say something. And the talk, you know, Carlos talk about giving him a new contract and, and really for, forget the money. It's just about basically coming out publicly and saying, I want to solidify his core role in our setup going forward. That should scare you. And I hope to God that that is just random talk because Carla lies all the time. So I don't know. Um, that's, that's what I, I hope. We've got to put other players in positions to succeed that aren't these guys <laughs> and that, that we don't rely upon, you know, that we rely upon right now far, far too much and who consistently under deliver. Those things have to fundamentally change uh, or, or else we're just going to be in quicksand. Yeah, um, we'll leave it there, I think. Uh, are you looking forward to a few weeks without Everton? Ten weeks, I think, till Premier League starts again? Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, there's going to be there's gonna be lots of uh, transfer talk, I'm sure, so I won't be able to discuss. Oh, uh, Rob loves all that. But, um, I, do, I say I do, but I need at least two more days uh, before I'm going to you know, be into it. Give me the Euros to think about something, you know, watch something other than Everton. and Yeah, it might Open be America. nice to just have a break. Watch all our players get injured at the Copper America. Yeah, well, and about. honestly, Matt, what I actually expect is for Hamas to play 90 minutes in every single game, and he's yeah. going to be the player of the tournament probably. But no, I, I'm, I'm going to be – I am actually looking forward to the Euros – Probably in some ways, I'm looking forward even more to Copa America just because it's it's those games are at at nighttime and and it's such a cool environment. Uh, hopefully, it's not going to be you know too bad. I you know during with all the COVID stuff going on, but yeah, I, I just I need a break from these guys for a while, and and I I I feel like this off season is way too short as it is, but yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, we'll be back on the blue <laughs> this week. Uh, obviously, reflected on the season and what's gone on in the last few months to this left Everton in 10th in the table. Uh, do get over to Toffee Web as well and read Lyndon's report from this. I'm sure it'll be 
excellent as ever. Um, yeah, I like, yeah, I like said. I'll be um, I'll be back on Kickabout later in the week and all usual content on the Blue Room. But yeah, hope everybody enjoys what they can of the weekend. <laughs> Try and not think Everton. Think about Everton for a couple of days. Uh, but yeah, thanks very much for tuning in. Cheers to Rob. Cheers to Lyndon. We'll speak to you soon. Cookie wants to be a professional wrestler. I'm Cookie Serratos and I'm 11 years old. She also wants to win all the medals. That's why Cookie and her family make every day count, squeezing out her best with Go Go Squeeze. Okay, Cookie, let's break for a Go Go Squeeze. Go Go Squeeze fruit on the go pouches are a nutritious snack made from 100% fruit with no sugar added. Go, Cookie! Because when you nurture your kids, you squeeze out the best in them. Squeeze out their best with Go Go Squeeze. Not a low calorie food. Products range from 11 to 13 grams of sugar and 60 to 70 calories per serving. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.